Well, hey there, American Farmsteaders. This is Jenny with the Gramstead Family Farm. And Donna with Hazel Bell Farm. And we are coming to y'all from Northeast Florida as two farmsteaders doing our best to grow our own food and share our experiences with you in hopes that you will grow a little bit of food of your own. Yeah, and this week we are talking keeping chickens again with the president of Chickenlandia, <laughs> which I think is so clever and cute. I love it. Yeah, uh, Dahlia Monteroso, who has a pretty significant YouTube following at Welcome to Chickenlandia. You can check her out there. Um, also Instagram, right? Chickenlandia, yeah. and um, has a pretty recently new, newly released book out called Let's All Keep Chickens. And um, we're excited to talk that next level chicken keeping, right? Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, I feel like a lot of our listeners are maybe um, maybe already have some chickens or maybe they're slightly kind of on the beginner chicken keeper side. Yeah. Yes, so. absolutely. So welcome, Dahlia. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah. And so tell us real quick, though, how did you become the president of Chickenlandia? Oh, well, I was uh, I was appointed by my chickens. You, oh, okay. <laughs> so there wasn't an election, right? <laughs> uh, there was no election, but I do believe that if they could vote, they would vote for me, especially because I'm the only one on the ballot, you know. <laughs> right. And you bring the food. Um, <laughs> Well, actually, I mean, it's a it's kind of a multi-leveled story, but I'll give you the short version. Um, uh, about, gosh, 17 years ago, we my husband and I moved from Los Angeles up here. We were both in the entertainment industry. My husband still works in the entertainment industry. Um, and I had, you know, we started a family. I had a new baby and I was feeling like you know, I don't really have anything that belongs to me. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think a lot of women go through that where they, they have children and their identity becomes their family, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But for me, you know, I had given, I'd gone to Los Angeles to be, you know, this great filmmaker and writer and all this stuff. And none of that happened. So I was kind of mourning that loss. Mm -hmm. Uh And when I got baby chicks, I really had no idea how much they would enrich my life. And I became uh-huh. very obsessed, <laughs> which I think <laughs> if anyone knows someone, you know, a, a chicken lady, you, you've seen that transformation that, uh, you know, these animals can bring into somebody's life. And it, it got so intense that the local community college contacted me and they were like, hey, can you teach a class? And I was like, well, I've only had chickens for six months, but sure, you know. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah. I did a lot of research really fast, and I had already been like really just deep, deep in the in the chicken rabbit hole, you know. Um, so then I taught that class, and then uh, the local home show was like, "Can you do a seminar?" And I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll do a seminar." And then it was like, and then uh, a, a local feed company was like, can you be an ambassador for our feed? And wow. it just was like this boulder kind of rolling down a hill. There was no wow. stopping it. And I had never thought, I mean, I had a lot of really lofty goals when I was a kid. I had big, big dreams, but n- none of them were, I'm going to be a, a the backyard chicken educator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, president of Chickenlandia. 
Um, but it, it was really a delight because I had, I was, you know, like I said, I was mourning the loss of that dream. Mm-hmm. But when I got baby chicks, my heart opened. And I think when, when you have that experience, kind of, you make space for a new dream to come in and, and that's what happened. And then eventually I did a, um, I did a TEDx talk at the university here. And when that happened, it's called, I dream of chickens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was, it's really about like chickens being humankind's most amazing common denominator. That's one of kind of like my taglines is that we all have chickens in our history. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like this unifying thing. So that's what the TEDx talk was about. But after that, that's when I really, you know, things really started to take off. I started my YouTube channel and then COVID happened. Right. And <laughs> COVID is awful, you know, as polarizing and awful as that whole experience was is the best thing that ever happened to my business. <laughs> right. I think it's the best thing that ever happened to uh, chicken rearing, you know, as yeah. and even yeah. in, in every other aspect of homesteading, it you just kind of exploded here online. Yes. It really did. It kind of gave a lot of people that push like, hey, you know what, this is important. And maybe yeah. we should look at this and really like put forth an effort to do this. Right. And so it gave everybody a little nudge. Yeah, I, th- I agree. Yeah. yeah. So after that, that's when my YouTube channel really took off. And then, you know, now I have the book and um, I've got an online course. Okay. So like I said, we want to next, we want to level up our chicken keeping. So we're talking to those people who have chickens and um, let's just get right to the practical part of it. Okay. Right. So um, (laughs) I imagine you must receive tons of messages a week about what do I do with this chicken, right? Oh, gosh. I actually, like a few days ago, I actually had to post something on my Instagram. I was like, please. (laughs) I I am just inundated with questions. Um, I'm sure. And I just wish I could answer every single one of them. And they're all urgent. Like, they all have the same level of urgency. But if I did that, I would have no time to create all the free content that I create, you know, mm-hmm. and so right. I have to tell people, look, I can't, you know, I can't go do check it. out her free content. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, mean, I really can... feel like if you go, you know, and what what the hard part is people want specialized care and I'm not a licensed veterinarian. Yeah. So I have to be really careful right. about that, you know. Yeah. Um. But if you go onto my, especially my YouTube channel or my podcast, I, I have a mm-hmm. podcast um, and that there's just so much information. If you do a search, you'll, you very likely find what you're looking for, but yeah, that's tough. I get, you know, I get, a, that's one of the things about being the president of Chickenlandia. You get lots of mail. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I often get a message that says I have this chicken that something's wrong with it. Okay. Well, what's wrong with it? Like, okay, let's, let's troubleshoot what's wrong with it. And the first thing is like, clearly you can tell if there's been a predator attack, like there's, there's visible physical problems. Right. Um, you know, and there's, there's so I've been, every time I save a chicken from a predator attack, I'm shocked that it lived <laughs> every single Isn't time. Isn't it amazing? They're so yeah. resilient. Yes. Yeah. And um, so I can, I can deal with that. Like I, I can help people with that part of it um, a little bit easier than the stuff that you can't see. Like you don't know what the chicken's feeling, right? Or yeah. 
Um, but you can just tell like something's wrong. It has a droopy head. It's just not its normal energetic self. So what's, what's the first thing that you would tell people? Well, I have a protocol. It's called the REST protocol. It is an, an acronym R-E-S-T. Okay. Um, and I have tons of, of videos about it and, you know, probably I'm pretty sure I've got a blog about it and my, my yeah, I talk about it in my, bo- in my podcast all the time. So what it stands for is the R stands for remove from flock. Okay. Mm-hmm. So remove yeah. your chicken from the flock. And the reason we do that is that, you know, not only could it be something that is contagious. Yeah. Um, but even though likely, you know, at that point, because chickens hide their illnesses yeah. so well, they right. do not well, want to uh, reveal any weakness. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that it has to do with the pecking order. Yeah. But, you know, so by the time you find a sick chicken, likely your flock has been exposed. Don't panic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because literally, you know, germs, viruses, that is all in our environment. We, that makes up our environment. There's this whole micro world that we don't see. And we're really taught to be afraid of that. But if your chickens have been exposed to that, if they've had early exposure, then likely they built up the immunity to be able to handle whatever is in their environment. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, yo, your whole flock is going to, if you go, <laughs> you know, if you go on like a Facebook group or something, you're like, oh, I can't be it. on a chicken Facebook group. No, I'm sorry. I love chickens. <laughs> I love community, but those people are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I've seen so many times, oh, my chicken is sick. Well, your whole flock's going to die, you know, like uh, burn your right. coop down. I mean, it's, oh, it's geez. intense. So don't, don't go there in your head. You wouldn't go there if it was one of your kids that was sick. Don't, don't go there with one of your chickens. Okay. Right. So we remove the chicken from the flock. The other thing is, you know, when a chicken is sick, they need, they need to recover, you know, they need rest and relaxation and they, they shouldn't be having to worry about other, you know, flock members attacking them because they're weak because that's, right. that is what, you know, that's the what happens order tells them to do. Mm-hmm. They just need time to kind of decompress and focus on getting better. So that's mm-hmm. what the R stands for. Okay. The E stands for electrolytes, vitamins, and probiotics. So, but mainly electrolytes. So, you know, when I was a kid, I would get sick and my mom would give me Gatorade or, you know, right. she would like try and make sure that I'm like drinking because get your fluids. Yes. Dehydration yeah. is a, a huge danger, you know, for any vulnerable animal or person that is sick. You know, dehydration is, is a, you know, that's, that's a leading cause of death, honestly. Like you can, you can succumb to that. So we don't want that. So you can make your electrolytes at home. I'm actually putting out a video very soon about making your own homemade electrolytes nice. or you can get them, okay. you know, every farm store will have, Yes. A, a vitamin electrolyte probiotic formula for chickens. And so that's a good idea to try and get some of that into them. If they're, if they're drinking, you're going to try and get some of that into them. Um, S stands for scrambled eggs. So. Okay. okay. <laughs> we feed back our chickens our yeah. extra eggs all the time. Yes. Yes. So, you know, you want to tempt your chicken with something that is uh, nutrient dense that is going to be very hard for them to resist. 
So I, it's really hard for a chicken to resist scrambled eggs. So just scramble some up. You can do it in a little bit of olive oil or coconut oil or lard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, scramble it up and give it to your chickens. And that will give them, you know, a little boost. And, and of course, it depends on what's going on. If they've got a big old impacted crop, okay, you don't want to be giving them anything to eat like that. Right. Okay. Um, and in fact, you wouldn't want to give them any food for at least 24 hours. But if you don't really, you know, a lot of times it's just like this vague thing where it's like, really know. you know, there's no way uh, there's so many chicken illnesses that present the same. Mm-hmm. So there's really not a lot that, you know, especially if you're not a licensed veterinarian and you're kind of just like looking at this chicken, they just look droopy, they're listless, you know, they're not eating and you don't really know what's going on. So while, you, you know, this is all to like kind of figure out your next steps. It's it's like buying right. you time in, and buying your chicken some time. So that's the S and the T stands for temperature control. So when a chicken is sick, you don't want them to have to work on staying cold or, or staying cool right. or staying warm. Okay. okay? So, I will bring my chickens inside my house. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You can t- put them like in another controlled environment, like your garage or something, or at least somewhere where it's a little bit more moderate than it is outside, especially yeah. if there's some, you know, an extreme temperature happening outside. Yeah. A little more controlled. Right. Yes. And so that is just in a nutshell, the rest protocol. And I created it because, and I'm certainly, I am right there with anyone that, you know, when you walk into your chicken coop and you see a sick chicken and all of a sudden you're like panicking because you don't know what to do. Okay. So R-E-S-T. So that's a really, um, that's a great starting point. It really is. And, you know, you work through that protocol and then you can kind of evaluate, you know, you've given it a little bit of time. Like, is this working? Is there something else? And then maybe during that protocol, as you're waiting and watching, you can kind of figure out, like, like you said, is it a crop issue? Is it egg bound issue? Is it, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe parasites or. Right. Yeah. So it kind of really yeah. just gives you some time to figure stuff out. Right. Yeah. And it gives your chicken. I mean, sometimes like especially, you know, if a chicken is molting, they just might feel right. lousy. You know, right. they're right. they just need they just need a little bit of of nutrition. They need some time to rest. Right. Uh, and then they can go back out with their flock. You know, sometimes you might never know what happened or maybe they'll lay a right. soft egg and you're like, oh, OK, they didn't feel good because they had, you know, kind of this reproduction thing going on. Right. And now they're past it. Um, but sometimes, you know, no matter what you do, the chicken is not betting, getting better. Certainly if there is, you know, fluid coming from the vent, um, that is a lot of times that's a sign of an infection that can be very serious. Mm. And I spent a lot of time with people who are super, you know, because of my demographic, um, a lot of my listeners and viewers, I mean, their chickens are like their pets. Right. Yeah. And so they're heartbroken and they're blaming themselves and they're reading material that is telling them that, that they've done something wrong. Okay. And what I will say to people is, look, you know, we are dealing with most of the time people have production breeds. The production breeds of today, they are not bred for resilience. 
They're right. bred to lay as many possible eggs in that first year of life because most of them will right. only have that first year of life. Right. And so they their reproductive systems are so overactive that they can end up with, you know, they have first of all, they have super high nutritional needs. They can end up with, a, you know, a host of issues. And some of them don't even appear to be connected with their reproductive organs, but they, but it is like it's kind of indirectly connected to it. Mm. And I will tell people, look, your chicken had a better life than most chickens in the world. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of run across like a similar situation with, um, you know, raising animals to eat for, you know, raising protein. That's why we do what we do. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah, um, we are going to send a cow to the butcher here in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. But I assure you that cow lived his absolute best cow life, Mm -hmm. you know, and was treated like a pet. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not treated any differently. Yeah. I always say like they, they deserve love too. Like they deserve to yeah. be loved just like the, the mamas that we plan to keep forever, you know? Yeah. And so our chickens are kind of that way too. They, yeah, they definitely live a much better life than a factory farm. And, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not supporting that. So, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I, it's, it's hard, but there is, there is a balance there and it is good to, um, it's encouraging to be reminded of that. Yeah. Absolutely. So you mentioned molting. I feel like that's a big like chicken mystery for like a lot of people. Like a lot of people don't understand the molt. Right. And we saw this like conspiracy. Yes. Last year. Right. Mm -hmm. With the with the feed in um, the commercial big box stores and which feed are you buying? And it's caused it's making your chickens not like eggs. Dun, dun, dun. Right. (laughs) But um, yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about molting and and the pressures that puts on the chicken's body and and how to help them through that. Well, you know, usually happens. It depends. Like if you have new, you know, younger chickens, they might have their first molt in the spring. And a lot of chickens have like a lighter molt in the spring. So you may see some feathers around. Um, Normally they're not, they don't, they usually don't stop laying um, if they're having like just a very light molt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Late summer, early fall uh, is when you're going to start to see a lot of feathers. Okay. That's usually when chickens will go into a molt. Now there's always that one, and it's always a frizzle that, <laughs> <laughs> that molts in the dead of winter. Okay. Right. Uh, and they're so naked that, in the cold. Yes. <laughs> that show naked and afraid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, keep that in mind. Um, also illness can push a chicken into a molt. Um, stress, predator attack, those kinds of things can push chickens into molts. Okay. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. So keep, keep that in mind. Um, your very high production breeds are going to molt the hardest. So, uh, usually those are the ones you see. It's like one day they look glorious and next day they look just so raggedy. It's like, (laughs) yeah, I've I've gone out before to my coop and just, and it's, it's like overnight, like you Mm -hmm. said, and it's like, oh my gosh, something, something got in my chicken coop. And then no, it's just the ladies are molting. Yeah. They're molting. Um, unfortunately, molting season is also parasite season in a lot of places, you know, so, and generally your chickens, um, you know, their defenses are down a little bit. They're a little bit more vulnerable to illness. 
So Mm -hmm. during that time is really when you kind of want to boost nutrition for them. I think people focus on protein a lot and definitely protein is important for them to like grow out their feathers and, you know, that's, that's a big part of it. But in general, I would say, you know, don't people will like, I mean, they'll give, I, you know, I gave them cat food and I gave them a steak and I gave right. them a steak. Yeah. I had somebody tell me if you're not feeding your chickens, um, mealworms and sardines, then you're not treating them well. Oh, oh like, well, you know, Sar- well, sardines cost too much to feed them my chickens. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's, you know, uh, come on. Uh, yeah. but anyway, yeah. um, so, yeah, I, I I think what would be, uh, you know, do give a little bit of extra protein during that time. Don't go overboard. You can give your chickens gout and you can mm. give them digestive issues if you give them too much protein. OK, um, so be reasonable, but reasonable about it. Uh, I would do a couple weeks of a vitamin supplement during that time, you know, okay. or you can do if it's just a vitamin. You don't want them on on. Uh, you do not want them on electrolytes for a long extended period of time. Okay. Okay. But you can put them on a vitamin supplement that's meant to give them every day. You know, you can give them that during the molting season um, and check them regularly. They're not going to like it because when they're molting, they're uncomfortable, but mm. you do want to check them regularly for mites and lice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at their poop, make sure they're not pooping out worms or something. Right. Um, and, you know, for the mites and lice thing, the external parasites, what I would say to people is get yourself like one of those headlamps that you put, you know, you put on your head and, mm-hmm. and it's a little light and go in your coop at night and, you know, lift up their tails and look in their vent area. Okay. And that's yeah. where you're going to see usually mm-hmm. most of the activity, you know, you can check all over the body, but really around the vent areas where you'll see that activity and you okay. might see eggs. Like if you see um, a lot of debris kind of stuck to the feather shaft. Yeah. If you look closer, you'll probably see some mites there. Okay. 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 So, um, yeah, so that's, the molting- that's my advice for molting season. Yeah. And so, I mean, the molting time seems like a really good time to like assess like what needs to be done here. That way, if you do need to treat for something and you're not getting a whole lot of eggs, it's a great time to do that Mm -hmm. um, and not have to worry about eating the eggs and, you know. Right. You know, and to really just kind of support them through that molting season, like and not try to push them out of it. Like it's a natural process that they need to go through. Right. Um, So I like the vitamins. I do like that. Yeah. yeah. Cause I've never, I've never been told that I've, you know, you do hear protein all the time. Yeah, you do push, push the protein because yeah. they need the protein for growing the feathers and that makes sense, but they need other stuff too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and if you, you know, I mean, my, my whole thing is about making chicken keeping as accessible as possible. So, you right. know, if you really can't go out there and buy a vitamin supplement, um, you can focus on scraps that are very nutrient dense, right. uh, green vegetables, Um, you know, you can sprout grains for them that that's really Mm. nutrient dense. You can ferment their feed that will not only make their feed more, uh, nutritious for them and more bio that make, it makes the nutrients in the feed more bioavailable to them. Um, but it also will stretch your dollar because it increases the volume of the feed. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, those are all things that you can do. And remember that, you know, anytime you have an issue, like when, when, whenever someone's like, I've got a sick chicken or I've got, I've got mites, I've got lice. Um, I will say, okay, you know, do what you need to do to help that chicken and, and your flock. Mm-hmm. But also I want you to evaluate your practices because you would be, it would be really hard for you to go to any flock, you know, unless they were in like this ridiculously sterile environment. Okay. Right. Any flock is going to have parasitic presence. Right. That's, yeah. You know, and whenever I say this, right. people get mad. No, they don't like. I know. Yeah, they, <laughs> right. I mean, they eat off they the do. ground. Yeah. They yeah. Do. <laughs> and they eat anything. They're right. opportunistic yeah. feeders. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be parasitic presence. That that is normal to a certain extent. When there is an infestation, that is an indication that there is something else going on. Okay. Because okay? in nature, the you know we we have to have parasites. If we didn't have parasites, there would be no life on Earth. Right. And parasites keep the balance. And one of the one of its jobs is to find sick or weak animals. Mm. And yeah. kind of you know, get them out of the, out of that cycle so that they can build resilience in that species. And, you know, there's parasites that are, you know, species specific and they have that job. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got a chicken that is full of mites, uh, you need to say, okay, what's going on with this chicken? And usually it's that they're sick or they're Mm -hmm. old or, you know, they're super stressed out. They're super low on the pecking order. You know, it's, there's something else going on there. So um, I deal with parasites all the time. I take in a ton of rescue chickens. I deal with illness all the time. That is what I deal with because I have such an open flock. But most of the time, if people, you know, especially my followers, they've got these smaller flocks, they're not dealing with that kind of stuff all the time, you know. Mm. So. Okay, so talk to us a little bit then about internal parasites. And if um, I, I like that idea, like that's an, an interesting thought that they are part of our, you know, biome here, right? And and to accept them that way. And that's something that we kind of always talk about, like with our other farm animals, our other livestock. And um, Jenny and I were talking before we started recording about sheep and a sheep that I'm having an issue with. And um, I am not sure if she has a parasite issue or if it's just a hormone issue because she just recently lambed. And um, so I'm trying to troubleshoot that. But I thought like, well, I want to know if it is a parasite, what is it? So I know how to treat it. But also I don't want to treat my sheep. Like I don't have to treat them and I'm trying to build this flock that doesn't have to be treated. Yeah. So kind of on in that same vein with chickens, like I don't want to be having to worm chickens all the time, you know? So if I have a particular animal in any grouping, um, you know, a chicken, I, if she has to be wormed all the time, I'm just going to call her. I'm going to pull her out. She can go live somewhere else on the property for her days. Um, I might give her to somebody else who's willing to, um, give her more treatment as needed. Um, but I want a strong flock that doesn't need to be treated all of the, all of the time. Yeah. But what, what, what are some ways that you can, I don't know how to say this. I mean, if they need to be treated, they need to be treated, right? Yeah. I, I wouldn't want her to suffer either. Um, so I guess to minimally treat internal parasites, um, 
I mean, in the past, I've done like safeguard pellets where I've just thrown them out and let them eat them. There's no egg withdrawal time on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had to treat in a long time. You hear pumpkin seeds all the time. I don't know if there's any truth behind that or not. We feed them pumpkins sometimes and they get the seeds. So right. <laughs> I, I hope it works. But what are like what are some tried and true um, things that will help get rid of internal parasites in a chicken? Well, I think, you know, start from day one exposing, not, not, you know, not on day one, because that, that will make people nervous, but right. <laughs> um, chickens need exposure to the outside environment from yeah. chick to adult. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we, one, one thing that is super important that I will remind people of is that the, uh, most of the information that we get about backyard chickens is coming through the lens of factory farms. Okay. Mm -hmm. They've had a huge influence on how we deal with livestock in, in certainly in the Western world. Okay. But if you go beyond, uh, you know, the United States and the UK and, uh, you will see people keeping chickens in a much more natural way that they've been, they've been, you know, this is the way they've been kept for millennia. Literally we've domesticated these chickens. They've been domesticated for thousands of years. Um, so I, I kind of want to train people to, uh, unlearn some of that stuff yeah. okay, and start to think of things in terms of building resilience. So that is yeah. the number one thing that you can do from the beginning to help mm-hmm. your chickens, um, be resistant to some of these things in the environment because a chicken belongs outside. Yeah. They do not belong in a controlled indoor environment. Right. You know, the reason why those environments have to be super controlled is because they are not conducive to life. Right. Right. Like, these chickens are already skating on the edge. of de- They got a foot in the grave and some of them are already dead and they're getting stepped on. Like it's really not. Yeah. Not a good environment. And so they have to do all these things. They have to, you know, give antibiotics. They have to give. Um, you know, they have to spray, they have to do Mm. all these things to control this environment because it is such an incredibly stressful environment. They have to have all these, take all these preemptive measures. But when you have chickens that are living outside where they're supposed to live, they're outside, they're scratching the earth, they've got the sun on them, you know, they have a good life, they're not stressed out. I really feel like we don't have to think in terms of, you know, I've got to worm my chickens every right. six months you right. know, with a with a with something that you and I tell people this all the time, you know, whatever you put on your chickens and whatever you put in your chickens, it doesn't stay with them. It goes into the environment. Right. Yeah. And when those kind of things go into the environment, not only does it affect the things that you can see, you know, you like you could see, you can see the soil, you can see the 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 grass, the the plant life, you can see other animals. It has an effect on them, but it also has an effect on the things that we don't see. You know, the mm-hmm. the like I was talking about the the microbiome of the right. soil, which is balanced, and that is an ecosystem that we would really do better to, you know, let it let it be and let it do its thing and, and bring help to bring balance to it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're, we're always harping on life in the soil. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, it's so important. 
So, of course, you know, we've got a bit of a, a, you know, for keeping chickens, especially if we're in the city and suburbs, and I'm really big on getting chickens into the cities and into the suburbs. Like, I'm really (laughs) big on that. So, when you have your chickens on a small plot of land and they've been there for years, then you can expect that there's going to be some issues. You're probably going to have some parasite issues unless somehow there's just like no exposure. It's, it would just be very unusual mm-hmm. um, because they're outside and there's going to be wild birds around. Like, yeah, it's futile to try and keep all these things away from your chickens because yeah. they are outside. They are supposed to have exposure to these things. Okay. Yeah. And, and essentially you want them to have that exposure. Yes. It's going to build a stronger flock. Right. Yes. I mean, yes. I don't think I've ever wormed chickens before and I've been keeping chickens for almost 15 years, but mine have always been free range. I mean, we have a coop that they can go in and out of freely, mm-hmm. but we have yeah. to lock ours up at least at night um, because we have just a, a crazy predation issue here oh, between yeah. coyotes and um raccoons and things like that but um yeah I have had to worm ours a couple of times um it's usually when I bring in more chickens from somebody else Mm -hmm. um and most people do keep them in just a confined space and in a coop um and I don't I don't know if people don't know that like that has to be cleaned because well it's on sand and it you know it's not getting muddy it's not it's got good drainage well but it's building up with poop like yeah <laughs> that's gotta come out right yeah so I, the time yeah I, I usually it's it's in those times or in our rainy season um, rainy season yeah. If, yeah if they have to be locked down in their coop all the time at the same time as rainy season uh, we have had a, an issue or two there as well and I've so like I said I've used safeguard pellets and, but I, I don't I don't want to do that like you said like I don't I mean, it's just like treating my children with antibiotics. I'll do it if I have to, but I don't want to. Yes, there's a time and a place. And I I will say, you know, I'm not against um, synthetic medications um, and even pesticides if you absolutely have to do it. I'm not 100% against them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I feel like they they should not be your first go-to unless they're your only go-to. Exactly, exactly. Um, And... You know, there's a lot of stuff, and I talk about this in the book. It's it's like, you know, from the beginning, you can give them garlic. Um, I do use apple cider vinegar, mm-hmm. um, uh, oregano, yeah. and thyme. I was just gonna say, oregano oil um, is something that I've I've used. We had um, quail. We used to keep quail, and uh, we had some kind of illness come through, and I was I was losing quail every day, Aww. and I was I know I was more worried though about my chickens because quail. Um, they reproduce so quickly. Like I knew I could build that flock back up if I needed to. And this is just coming purely from a food sustainability standpoint. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I knew we'd be okay. Like, I don't want to lose them. I don't want them to die for no reason, but um, you know, they do get stuff and somebody told me try oregano oil. Yeah. So I had some, I'm, I mean, I like essential oils, but I'm, I'm also a little bit. Well, it's you need to be cautious with them. Right, right. I I'm not big on ingesting them. Yes, I, I'm cautious with them. I will say that. But she said just put a couple drops in a quart of water with mm-hmm. um, also some fresh freshly mm-hmm. minced garlic, mm-hmm. apple cider vinegar, mm-hmm. teaspoon of honey, 
And I did that. And I, st- I went from losing three or four quail every single day to none. As soon as I started that protocol, I lost no more quail. And so that's something that I started doing with our chicks when we get new chicks in from a hatchery. Um, I, I do that same thing and it's, it's worked great. Yeah. It's worked. It's yeah. worked really great. So I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's placebo in my head. I don't know. But, I, you know um, what? I, I, one, one thing that I talk about in the book and that I do talk about on my channel and in my podcast are homeopathics. And mm-hmm. that's probably the most controversial thing that I talk about. And people will say it's pseudoscience and, right. um, and all that. And if, if someone's listening, they don't know what homeopathics are like, a lot of times uh, the word homeopathy and holistic gets interchanged, but they're very, they're very different. Like mm-hmm. uh, homeopathy is its own specific modality. And for lack of a better way to describe it, it's like energy medicine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously that's going to ruffle some feathers. People will tell me, Oh, you're, you know, that's pseudoscience and you're not. And I've been using homeopathics for 25 years. Wow. Um, I use my family, I use them, you know, we have a homeopath. I have seen them work. Yeah. And all I can say is if it's placebo, you know, did healing happen? Right. 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 Then it worked. <laughs> yeah. It worked. It worked. You know? yeah. And I don't well, know how placebo know. will work on a chicken. You know, I've right, literally right. had a chicken in complete shock and I've given them, a, you know, I was on the phone with my homeopath. She gave me a remedy. I gave it to her. And I just saw her just completely just say, oh, and start eating. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. That's so great. Yeah. So, so call, call it what you will. Whatever. But if it works, it works. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I, the oregano essential oil works so well. I won't be without it at this point. And we, we grow extra oregano just for the purpose of throwing it to the chickens mm-hmm. um, because it worked so well that time. I mean, that's been 10 years ago. And I, yeah. I always, yeah. always throw oregano out to my chickens still. Yeah. I was having an issue a couple of years ago with a batch of meat birds that we were raising and they were just not doing well. They were, you know how meat birds can be. They can just be a little sickly sometimes. Um, They're not hardy birds. And um, I started putting that oregano essential oil in their water Mm -hmm. and it perked them right up. Yeah. So well, yeah, I, know, I mean, um, just, there's like oregacillin is the product you can purchase. Um, mm-hmm. Again, might be controversial, <laughs> but um, we've used it. Uh, you know, we have some pretty severe environmental allergies in our house here. Um, some of us are worse than others. And, you know, if if you know when a sinus infection is coming on and if we're on the brink of that, I'll here's your oregacillin and you have to use it a lot more than, you know, um, regular conventional meds. Right. Yeah but it works. It works. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, basically what I teach is that there are preventative measures that you can take. Um, mm-hmm. and they're just, it's just about building resilience and, immu- and immunity in your chickens, like, you know, oregano, thyme, garlic, apple cider vinegar, um, uh, good, good bacteria in their feed, all that kind of stuff is going to be your best defense and and definitely keeping the stress down because stress is the number one thing. I mean, we know it with humans. Yeah. With chickens, it's the same. If your chickens are, if you've got too many chickens, if they're crowded, you're mm. going to end up with problems. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, up their immune system. So, yeah. And if you have a chicken that needs to be treated, you have a confirmed case of something. 
Mm -hmm. Treat that chicken. Okay. And yeah. then there's other things that you can do with your, the, the whole flock. Instead of giving the whole flock antibiotics or the whole flock a synthetic dewormer, there's other things that you can do with your flock to get them through it without bringing down the resilience of your entire flock. Because if you give every chicken antibiotics, antibiotics is not um, a, a preventative. Right. It's meant to treat something that An is infection. happening. Right. Right. Okay? Right. So also will have no effect on on a viral illness. So mm -hmm. these are the things that you've got to kind of like evaluate your what your risks are. I would not give, you know, my all my chickens an antibiotic unless I was under the advice of, of you know, a licensed veterinarian right. that told me to do that. And it was an sure. extreme situation. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You know, in a lot of cases, less is best, you know, yeah. a lot of times, like you said, when you do this rest method, um, mm -hmm. you know, they just, and, and they just perk back up. Like yeah. you don't know yeah. what happened and yeah. that you didn't have to treat them with any kind of medicine per se. And, yeah. and maybe, they, yeah, they, maybe they, they were faking like it through maybe it. Yeah. Maybe they were faking. They wanted to come in. <laughs> they just, they're, they just, they like the drama and they want the attention. <laughs> we do have some animals like that. <laughs> Um, okay. So let's say, you know, somebody is, is not brand new to chickens. They've had them for a couple of years now. They've gotten a few extra new chickens. So they're, they haven't seen a, a period where they're not getting any eggs, but they definitely see less eggs. How do they know if they're older, maybe three years or more older hen is not laying eggs anymore? Um, you can, like, how do they, I'm sorry. Like, how do they know if it's, just that they're old or if something's wrong with them, you know, is, is there a way to know that? Well, I would say the more you observe your flock, the more you're going to understand what's going on with them. So I really encourage people sure. to build that relationship with them when they're babies, you know, and of course, when they're little, you want to hang out with them, watch them, get to know them. You know, you're, you're taking them outside on their little field trips you're paying attention to whether or not they're getting chilled. They're, they're calling you, you know, they'll let you know, they'll call to you like they're like you're their mother. Cause you are. Uh, <laughs> and you're kind of just getting to understand the communication of your flock. So when you're in tune with that, you're going to notice when a chicken is off, you know, when they're, right. they've slowed yeah. down just a little bit you just notice, you know, something's just not right. They're not acting like them, like themselves. Now, um, a very physical way to know if your chicken is not laying is by looking at their vent. Mm -hmm. um, a chicken that is laying, this is so gross. But it, <laughs> it is what it is. It's farm life, though. Right. Honestly, we've got some gross stuff that happens in farm life. <laughs> we're talking about poop. We're talking yeah. about birthing fluids. <laughs> a, a, a chicken, a chicken that is laying, their vent is going to be, you know, uh, you know, perky, like um, pouty, kind of like a, a mouth, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, and like moist. Um, and a chicken that isn't laying, it's it's going to be dry and okay and there's not not a lot of activity going on there so okay. that that's one way that you can tell just from just from looking at them but what yeah i mean i'm sorry like at, what about color at the event because I've, I've had people i had somebody say actually about a month ago say well i looked at her event and it and it wasn't white and i was i said oh <laughs> <laughs> like I've kept chickens my whole life and I've, I've never looked for a white vent. So I don't, I, I didn't know what she meant. I'm not sure. 
Okay. 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 Yeah. I mean, I would say pinkish. Pink. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Unless it's a, unless it's a black chicken, like a chicken with black skin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you still see, see kind of that shimmer, you know, it's like a bit of a shine and it's, it's just a, you know, smoother than the rest of the body. And, and like I said, it looks like, it looks like a mouth. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, maybe if she's older and not laying, then maybe maybe she has a few lines around, like some wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. Around the mouth. Fine lines. <laughs> oh. All right. And I um, I, did you have a question, Jenny? I don't think so. Okay. Well, so a lot of people do ask, like, I've got this broody hen and they don't want a broody hen. Oh my goodness. I have so many broody hens right now. I'm like, y'all stop. And I don't, you know, I know some people do this whole broody break thing and I'm just, I'm just not that hands-on. We, we joke all the time. My farm is the hands-off farm. (laughs) You know, it's survival of the fittest at my farm if you're a farm animal. So yeah. Um, yeah. But you always have babies. I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, everybody's good. Everybody's healthy. So, but a lot of people do ask that, but recently I started hearing more about like, okay, well the opposite side, what if, you know, from a, I don't want to buy from the hatchery all the time. Right. More of a sustainability to be broody. Right. Is there a way to encourage her to be broody or um, maybe, maybe some breeds are broodier than others or what would you tell people who want to hatch chickens without an incubator? on their own. So generally bantams are going to be broodier. Okay. Um, Silkies. I swear they're like, you know, they lay 10 eggs broody for (laughs) 10 (laughs) weeks. (laughs) Uh, uh, Silkies, Cochins. um, You're small. Yeah. Those, the smaller birds, they're, they're bred for broodiness and for beauty and for uh, personality. Okay, yeah. um, not like a production breed, you know, like you'd be really hard pressed to get, you know, a red star or something to go broody. I'm not saying that it it won't happen. Like sometimes I have happen. two. I have two right now that, that are, are broody. broody. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, though, like you said, yours but, are completely free range. And I think if the, right. the more they're in a more natural to them element. Yeah. You know, they find they can find that comfy, comfy, cozy little yeah. place that. Yeah. They want to sit eggs. Mm-hmm. They'll do it. Yeah. Life finds a way. It's like Jurassic it does. Park. It does. <laughs> um, but yeah, generally, um, I would say get 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 yourself some bantams. You know, I mean, and you'll see like farmers, like big farmers, that they have lots of production breeds, and then they've got a few little silkies running around, and those are mm-hmm. those are the mamas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Buff Arpingtons will go a little bit more broody mm. than the than the rest. But I would say if you're really looking for broody chickens, um, go to a like a local breeder okay. and get if you want them to be standards and, you know, ask about the level of broodiness and what they've bred for. Um, and that's how how you will get that. OK, well, that's cool. Yeah. I think that's all of my questions other, I mean, other than specific, like I, okay. Okay. I do have a question and this is just specific to my personal flock. So I have this one old lady. I got her from somebody. She was an old lady when I got her like five years ago. I have some of those too. Some of my Easter eggers that I got like six years ago, they were five years old when I got them. 
And the lady's like, I don't know if they're going to lay eggs anymore. They are still giving me little green eggs. That's funny. Well, I <laughs> got, I, that's okay. No, I, they can, they can live a long time, Yeah. but they won't lay forever. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's the thing with this hen is she's a little white leghorn. Mm-hmm. So she's fast. First of all, like I can't catch her and keep her out of the coop. Like I want to, um, I can't, I can if I need to, but I just, I haven't like, it's going to take work <laughs> to catch her. She's, she's not friendly. Like she's, she has, um, the personality of a, a grumpy old lady, to be honest. <laughs> she doesn't want right. to be messed with. She doesn't want I me to relate. touch her. <laughs> right, right, right. Like don't pet me. I'm, I'm a chicken and, and I'm not to be pet, but she, um, so I knew for a long time she was, she was still laying because she was the only one I had that would lay white eggs and I was still getting a white egg right. pretty regularly. Um, but now she's laying an egg without an outer shell. Mm. And, um, which, you know, that happens if, if you, they're not getting enough calcium, like I know all of that stuff, but she's the only one doing it. Um, and she's old, like I've had her forever. And what's happening is as soon as she lays her little egg, she turns around. I've seen her do it several times. She turns around and she picks at it. So I don't, I don't know if she's wanting to eat it for the, like the nutrient content or Mm. if she's, disappearing it like from a predator issue or I don't know, but it's making a mess in my Mm. egg box and it's encouraging others to come up and And eat with her. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so I need to get her out like is the bottom line. But, um, is, is this a normal thing that when they're old, they, they won't, I've never had old chickens to be honest. Like, cause like I said, we have a predator an extreme predator issue here. And yeah. so they don't live for years and years. I get a couple years out of them. That's a long time for me. But um, is that normal that they won't lay an outer shell anymore? I think it's probably within the, the, within the normal range. Um, you know, obviously that's, see, this is, that that, that is a very high production breed. She's right. old and she's right. still, yeah. her body is still pushing out eggs. And it's every day. It's every yeah. day she's making a mess in the egg box with her yeah. little leather egg. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of a miracle she's still alive and, and she yeah. hasn't had, you know, some kind of an infection because I think a lot of times what will happen is an egg like that will burst within the body mm-hmm. and then uh, become infected. Mm. So um, she's a, she's a champ, you know, she's a real champ, but um, I would say, you know, you can put, wait if you need to get her um wait until she goes to roost and then go pluck her off the roost get her out get her um, out yeah. Of it. yeah yeah I, I keep saying i just i gotta do something with her i have a rooster who roams the property and i think i'm just gonna pick yeah. her out and i mean maybe she can just roam about the rest of her old lady life yeah I, which is fine with me she can we we're on 20 acres here she can be wherever she wants to be. <laughs> yeah. She'll be like, oh, I'm in, you know, I'm in, I'm vacationing. I'm in the Bahamas or something. Right. <laughs> so she's tiny. And the rooster that runs the property is a big Brahma. He's a big light Brahma. And um, the, he's out because we have two roosters. I've never had an issue with them. And all of the sudden they started fighting one another. The younger one beat up the older one pretty mm. badly. And, I, and so he's out. And, and he's happy to be out, but he needs some hens, you know, they're not happy without having a clutch of hens to, to no. lead around. So yeah. I think, I, I think, I hope that he'll take her on and, and they can go be yeah. wild chickens together <laughs> around <laughs> our property. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, 
I, I, you could put golf balls in the, uh, in the box, to, in, mm-hmm. but at the point that she's like, she knows now, like she's laying these soft eggs mm-hmm. and turning around and eating them. Um, and that's probably has more to do with like what she needs because she's, mm-hmm. she's old and she's still laying these eggs every day. And yeah. so her body is, is tired and she needs, she has these really high nutritional needs. And so she's going after her own eggs. Um, Bizarre. so yeah, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. I have a duck that does it occasionally. And she's also just this duck that lays this huge egg every single day. And so every once in a while she'll lay a, a soft one and boy, it's like, it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a mess in my egg box. That's my that's my biggest yeah. issue. Is like I don't I don't want the other chickens to eat yeah. eggs. You know, I, you don't want no. an egg eater. That's another question that I could ask. Is mm-hmm. you know how do you prevent egg eaters? <laughs> nutrition. 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 Yeah. yeah. yeah nutrition that's and what after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, collecting the eggs. You know, you gotta yeah. gotta get them. Try and get if you if you have a problem, try and get your eggs twice a day. Put some golf balls in the in the nesting boxes. So they get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main thing is like evaluate your, your nutrition, you know, right. what you're feeding your chickens and definitely, get, you know, try and give them a little boost for a little while. And if you can isolate the one that is eating the eggs, if you can find them and isolate them, then mm-hmm. sometimes you can break the habit that way. Mm, good to know. Good yeah. to know. All right. So in closing, I have one funny question that I get so often and it just cracks me up every time people ask me this is, do you need a rooster to get baby chick? Oh, <laughs> you do not. I, this is like one of the first videos I put on my YouTube channel uh-huh. that went viral, like, or it, it didn't like go viral, but it had a lot of views. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it was like, do you need a rooster to, oh, well, it, wait, you said, do you need a rooster right. to have baby chicks? Yes. yes. Do you need a rooster to have baby chicks? <laughs> it is a funny question. Yes, I do. do. I mean, it really, I get it often. And it's like, sometimes I just stop and look at them like, did you yes. hear yourself? Yes, <laughs> you need a rooster. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I get, what I was answered, what I thought you said, what I heard, because this is what I get all the time, is do you need a rooster for a hen to lay eggs? And right. right. I do get that yes. a lot. Yeah, we get that a lot, too. But if you want baby chicks, yes, you need to have a rooster. You know, there's a process that needs to happen. And yes. it's just, you know, it's a matter of people being, you know, we we really have been um, disconnected. disconnected. from from our food. And when that, when that happens, I mean, that to me, that's like a a crime, you know, it's like a crime against humanity. What what has occurred with us, we're all suffering from it. So it's my mission to really get out there and educate people. You know, I'll tell people, look, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Just ask your questions and I will get all kinds of questions. And it's like, You got to, you know, you got to start somewhere. I've totally, I've been there, you know, I mean, I I don't know if there was a time when I, you know, probably when I was a little kid, I didn't know, do you need a rooster? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Well, and, and I was probably there at one point too, in in my younger, younger years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's kind of why we do this whole podcast thing is just really to help like talk it through. Like we're just regular old gals, you know, that grow food. And like, 
it's attainable. Like anybody can do it. Anybody can keep chickens. Anybody can keep chickens. Everybody should keep chickens. Everybody should. Let's all yeah. keep chickens. Yes. Let's all keep chickens. <laughs> yeah. Y'all check out Dahlia's book. Let's yes. all let's all keep chickens. Yep. Um, I saw it at Tractor Supply. Oh yeah. Oh, did you? I did. That's cool. I did. I saw it at our local <laughs> Tractor Supply. Uh, where else can they get it? Um, well, they can get it uh, at their local bookstore. Hopefully they have it. If, the, if your local book, bookstore doesn't have it, you can ask them to get it. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, certainly you could get it at Barnes and Nobles. Um, you can get it online. You can get it on that one website that uh, <laughs> has all the books. We know what it is. It starts with uh-huh. an A. Right. It starts with an A. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's really where, you know, if you get it from Amazon, please leave me a review because that really helps. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and there's a, a few places online where you can get it. Um, but it's, what's, it's what's available your website in a lot name? of places. I'm sorry? What's your website name? Because you can get it at your website, right? Uh, yes, it is welcometochickenlandia.com. And while I'm while I'm thinking about it, I'll tell you, uh, my YouTube is Welcome to Chickenlandia. Yeah. Um, and I have a, a, a blog on my website of the YouTube channel. I've got a course called um, Backyard Chickens 101, a chicken course for everyone. You can find information on that on my website. And my podcast is called Bok Talk. I love it. That's so cute. Bok Talk. Yeah. <laughs> B-A-W-K-T-A-W-K. Cute. Awesome. So cute. Awesome. Well, it was so fun talking to you, uh, chatting all things chickens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Y'all check out all of her content. She's uh, filled with information at all of those resources. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was a, it was an absolute pleasure.